0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Cockhertz. Today, we are going to be talking about
1: eyes. Yes, only about eyes. An isolated discussion about eyes. That's why, isolated. Are you
0: wondering how eyes are related to cognition? How the saying, eyes are the windows to the soul, is actually quite true? Keep listening to know more.
1: Have you ever encountered someone who is in a deep flow while talking, very intensely or passionately talking about something? Then you would have definitely noticed them having shifty eye movements, left, right, up, down, just randomly in motion. Why is this random dance of our eyes? Why not just look at each other in such states? Just looking at each other seems logical, right? Why would our eyes need to dance? Well, these funky and quick eye movements are called saccades and have the responsibility to bring information of importance to our visual stream. In the scene we described right now, there is heavy thinking and no visual processing, just left, right, up, down, eye movements, right? Due to which such movements are called as non-visual eye movements.
0: These non-visual eye movements have not randomly popped out of thin air. It stems from the evolutionary history of saccades and long-term memory. Yes, that long-term memory which is involved in the recall of information. From the times we used to hunt and gather for food, even during the primitive stages of our evolution, we used to scan the environment for visual information while thinking. This thinking's sole aim was to forage food. We used to apply this thinking just for survival hunting and gathering and we were not bothered about thinking about things like the philosophy of the mind or other topics that are not essential for survival yet require a lot of cognitive load.
1: Our ancestors, our evolutionary ancestors, when found some stimulus of interest, stopped their scanning and focused on that stimuli. Well, but how does that translate here in this discussion?
0: Well, people do the same right now. Our eyes dance when they scan for a lot of information in the long-term memory and very few movements when we focus on the information in the working memory. Think that while doing recall and playing around with the long-term memory, we are doing salsa with our eyes and while we are focused, there's a slow dance happening but a dance regardless.
1: There have also been experimental studies that validate the same. One such study, which we have linked in the description, has shown that eye movements were found to facilitate recall compared to a no eye movement control condition. They propose that these saccades sequentially activate the left and right cerebral hemispheres and thus facilitate uh, recall via increased hemispheric interactions.
0: Okay, now leaving the dance of eyes aside, Do your eyes really convey to you the entire canvas in front of you? Do you really see the big picture? Sorry for creating trust issues with your eyes, but does it really give you all the details? Can you really trust what you see? Research on visual perception has highlighted that our physical reality is very, very much different from our encoded reality. The reality that we perceive, the world we derive sense from,
1: we are actually just engines running on illusions, attempting to take in the vast information from the outside world with our inherently limited capacities. The brain does not possess the ability to process the entirety of the environment and the eyes have limited ability to focus. This makes the perceivers scan for specific information in their environment rather than take it all, you know, take it all in simultaneously. Since one can only see a significantly lesser portion of the field of vision in focus, individuals scan their surroundings through these saccadic eye movements, wherein their eyes are darted in different directions.
0: During these saccades, people only see blur and between these saccades, their retinas register fragmentary images. Each image only shows a tiny portion of the physical space. Later, the brain encodes these fragments from the saccades into a coherent and logical interpretation of space. Now that we know our brain is a tailor which stitches together these saccades to form the bigger picture, just like any other tailor, this tailor of ours, that is the brain, needs to be given instructions about how we would like the suit to be stitched. And the instruction that the tailor receives will determine if the stitching is for a loose fit or a slim fit. The analogous of that would be the context to our perception.
1: Context is the instruction which we are giving to our dear old brain, which is a pretty nice tailor. Depending on this context, the brain will house different perceptions. The cloth is the same, the suit would be different. The scene would be the same, but what we would perceive would be different. To see more about this, let's dive in with a legendary experiment that illustrates the same.
0: So Alfred Yarbus, a famous vision scientist, conducted an experiment where he showed paintings to his participants and asked them to tell him what was going on in the painting. He also measured where they were looking at when seeing these paintings, that is their eye movements. And the result of this study are quite surprising. So when participants were freely looking at the paintings, they tend to look at the faces in the paintings first. However, when they were asked specific questions like can you tell me if the people in the painting are rich or poor? They tended to look at clothing more than their faces.
1: So what does this all say about eye movements? Well, we carefully, really carefully plan our eye movements. Nothing is random. We make eye movements based on context.
0: Now that we know that our eye movements are carefully planned let's talk about some villainy that can creep in when we are making these eye movements. What is this villainy you might ask?
1: It's nothing but our biases. Our previous beliefs that literally have the power to direct our eyes. The first visual bias that we will talk about is uh, the choice supportive bias. Also known as post purchase rationalization or in our case we will explain it as post Fandom Realization Fandom of what? A dear old MCU aka the Marvel Cinematic Universe Let's say you are a huge MCU fan Like me And you would have watched all the 27 movies till now right? Yes Being a passionate MCU fan you would have appreciated every single movie
0: Of course yes (laughs)
1: Oops, so uh, here comes your bias. How? Well, Rakshita, let me explain. You would watch a Marvel movie with the presumption that is going to be great regardless of how it turns out to be because you have already made the choice that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is your favorite. And given this choice of yours, you're likely to be biased towards supporting this choice even if the next MCU movie isn't so great.
0: Well, um, I really think Doctor Strange 2 will be a super hit. Guess that's my choice supportive bias. So, another bias which is related to vision is the one that can creep in while watching really cinematographically heavy movies. The ones which have really awe-strucking visuals but might not have a solid storyline. Story We might get fascinated by the visuals that we only focus on how beautiful the movie looks instead of what exactly is happening in the movie. That is the underlying story.
1: This bias on visual perception can also be illustrated through my favorite food. Any guess? Momos. (laughs) Imagine you, an ardent Momo fan going to a roadside stall with someone who isn't so crazy about them. Me. Then there will be some very varying perceptions of that stall i would look at it as a haven of gastronomical bliss whereas
0: i would focus more on the details like the dirt accumulating near the stall be a tad bit worried about the hygiene and focus less on the actual momos
1: whereas my visual perception would be pinpointed on the steaming plate of momos being prepared both are looking at the same scene but have developed different contexts based upon our biases.
0: So we discussed a lot about the eyes in isolation and we got to know that it has a lot of influence on our cognition.
1: Eyes are indeed the windows to the world but sometimes due to the tint on these windows we get biased light from these windows. What a complicated couple of squishy balls.
0: (laughs) Please do check out the links in the description for further details. Till next time. Signing off, Chetan, Rakshita. Bye. Bye.